Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. We're glad that you are here and that you can be a part of a recent service at TCC. So let's join the service, which is already underway, and listen to the message. Thank you for being here tonight at Growth University, and we are continuing our series on Contagious Christianity. They're going to go ahead and receive the offering as I just make a couple of remarks here in the beginning. This is just an amazing season at the Calvary Church, and I am so thankful for what God has done in the last two weeks, not just on Sunday, but we have had some powerful Wednesday night services. Uh, Pastor Tom has just been on fire, and I said, babe, I think you should just keep going. Just keep going, brother. You're on the boulevard, but he put me on the schedule, so here I am. And uh, wanted to let you know that he is uh, in the Dayton area tonight uh, ministering for our friends, Tom and Nicole Friend, who pastor there. He's just there to be a blessing and uh, be with his friends. And so I'm glad for him to be able to do that. But I feel the Lord reminding me uh, recently of the many prophecies that I heard growing up in this church and heard talked about even among our founders, my grandparents, and the one in particular that keeps coming to my mind in the last two weeks is that God said he put us in a fruitful place. And certainly we continue to see that promise realized and fulfilled 50 years after the fact. And I am so thankful to be a part of that, that God is speaking to us in surround sound, if you haven't noticed, to go fishing and to keep mending nets, and to be prepared, and to be ready. And so we're going to talk about specifically what that means to be ready. And so I um, want to turn your attention now to our formula that we have been using in Contagious Christianity. And also want to warn you that app time is going to be a little different tonight. Okay? We're talking about the CC in the formula, which is clear communication. And so we are going to practice tonight. Yes, Kat. That's right. I'd rather practice in here with my friends than try it out on some poor soul that needs me to know what I'm doing. All right. So we are going to practice briefly sharing our testimony with one another. As part of our app time. You guys are so excited. Just like I knew you would be. So I just thought I'd put it out here in the beginning. So it's not like, "Ah," when I say it here at the end of the lesson, okay? So just process. Don't worry. The lesson, I'm going to try to give you some guidelines, some pointers to consider as we get to that part. So looking at our fabulous formula here, high potency, close proximity, and now tonight, clear communication for maximum impact, our ability to touch people's lives with the power of God that we have experienced. And so we want to make application. And I am now, in order to have time for what we want to do, and in order for me to return the time that Pastor Tom robbed you of (laughs) last week, I'm going to put it in about fourth or fifth gear. Okay? So ladies and gentlemen... Fasten your seatbelts. Start your engines. Here we go. CC, clear communication. I think most of us can agree on the importance of communication. 
And not just communication, but good communication, effective, clear communication, because this need is a big part of what drives us as a culture. We love our emails. We're dependent on our calendars and our text messages and even social media, any means by which to communicate with other people in a timely manner. We are drawn to that. It is necessary. But to communicate with someone and to be clearly understood by someone are often different things, aren't they, Brother Bill? You feel that, don't you? Just ask anybody that's married in this room. This is an area, and I'm kind of glad he's not here, that Pastor Tom and I struggle with after 18 years of wedded bliss. We cannot communicate very well sometimes. It is shocking, and it is embarrassing sometimes how much we struggle to communicate. And it's especially hilarious when you realize that we share the same office in this building. Yes, we are in close proximity, people. And communication is still a problem. We share our calendar We text each other throughout the day, and yet we have those moments every once in a while where it's like, I thought you said we were, weren't we supposed to meet here? I thought you had the girl. What are we doing? How? In the midst of all these opportunities to communicate to each other, do we still miss it sometimes? It's not always clear. And so my point is that communication, clear communication, is not a given. It's not an automatic thing. And it seems to me, based on all the experience that I have with not great communication, that the clarity that is often needed only comes through a lot of effort, a lot of focus, and intentionality on the part of the person communicating. See, I can be in close proximity to you and not communicate with you very well. Just ask Pastor Tom. He sits three feet from me several hours of the day, and we still miss each other coming and going sometimes. And our relationships can contain high potency. We can feel very close and connected to people. We can feel very close to the Lord. We can have zeal and all the willingness in the world to share what we have found in Christ with other people. But if I cannot communicate that in a way that is appropriate and in a way that is effective and doesn't freak people out, then that high potency isn't enough all on its own. And so tonight, I would argue that the CC is the most important part of this equation that we have been talking about for the last few weeks Because that clear communication aspect affects the most important time in all of this when you have that opportunity to tell somebody what Jesus has done for you or to tell somebody what he could do for them. And there are many different approaches that we can take in order to do this well. There's not just one way, thank God. I personally believe that your effectiveness as a person seeking to evangelize and to reach the lost, is as unique as you are. God equipped you 
with a certain kind of personality. And I don't believe that there's anything about us that our creator made us by chance or by accident. That even the things that are our personal weaknesses and struggles, captured by the Spirit of God and controlled by the Spirit of God, God can harness all of that and use it for his glory and use it for his purpose. The Bible is full of people that prove that, Simon Peter, Hello, Mr. Loose Cannon, Mr. Passion, fly by the seat of your pants, fly off the handle. Well, guess what? Guess who had the guts on the day of Pentecost to say, I can tell you exactly what's going on, folks. This is what Joel talked about. And so God understands our uniqueness and God designed us that way for his purpose. And so the book that we've been using, Contagious Christianity, has great examples of different approaches that you can have, different ways that you can bring up Christ into an everyday conversation. And if you're curious about that, I I encourage you. It's very good material. Uh, Read that on your own time. But for the sake of time and clarity, I'm going to talk to you from one of two angles to just simplify all of it. The first angle is the angle from your personal testimony. Talk to people from your point of view, what God has done for you in your life. And the second angle that we will talk about next week, just because of our time limitations, is actually sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Who is Jesus? What did he do? And why should that matter to you? What does Jesus have to offer you in your life? We are going to go into that deep next month. More on that later. So let's talk about a testimony. Does anybody remember the days of open mic testimony service? It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. To quote Mr. Dickens, some really great things happen and some really weird things could happen. It was just... So now our generation compromises with testimony service and you are invited to share. (laughs) It's not a free-for-all anymore. But there's no denying the power of hearing somebody share their story and what Jesus has done for them. I've thought a lot about Dr. Lonnie Lewis in the last week. The anniversary of his passing was last week and how we still miss him around here. I miss his stomping and carrying on. I miss his preach, preacher. Yeah, go ahead, Judy. Take his place. Say it. But I miss him. I miss hearing his testimony. And there was nobody that couldn't be impacted when Dr. Lonnie would talk about how Jesus saved him from decades, a lifetime, of addiction and turned his life around. He got his education in the latter part of his life. God used him to help other people. A qualified manner with a great degree to help them to break that cycle of addiction through the power of Jesus. And that's what's so powerful about a testimony is that even though Dr. Lonnie is not with us anymore, his testimony still impacts us. It still encourages us, encourages us. I've shared it with other people. And I still feel goosebumps when I talk about 
what Jesus has done in this church and in the lives of the people that attend here. And this is why the book of Revelation tells us, chapter 12, verse 11 says, And they overcame him, meaning Satan, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And doesn't it stand to reason, knowing this, understanding the impact we've experienced through sharing our testimony, the power of that moment, through hearing what God has done in other people's lives, why Satan will do everything he can to shut you up, to keep you quiet, to intimidate you, to bully you out of taking those opportunities to say, I may not have all the answers. I don't know a whole lot about theology or apologetics, but I know what Jesus has done for me. And nobody can argue with it, and nobody can take it away from me. Because there is power in sharing what God has done for you, and it is not limited to this campus. It is not limited to this room. I would argue that your testimony is more powerful outside of this environment. Because light shines brighter in the darkness. And that's why we have got to be willing to not just share with one another what Jesus has done, but as God would give us opportunity to open our mouth and tell somebody who doesn't know the Lord or isn't walking with the Lord anymore what Jesus has done. You see, this is a very biblical approach to evangelism. I have a slide here, I think, hopefully, that is very handy. Testimonies in the Bible, people that the Word of God lets us know how they shared what God had done in their lives with other people. David is our first example in the book of Psalms. Many times he says, Come, listen, I will tell you what God has done for me. There's the woman at the well in John 4. We're all familiar with that. Jesus very lovingly read her mail. Right? He offered her living water, and the Bible tells us she went and told everybody. Anybody that would listen, you talk about a brand new convert. She just talked to Jesus for the first time in her life, and yet she's evangelizing. She's telling people, you got to see this guy. He told me everything I ever did, and the Bible tells us. In John chapter 4, verse 39, many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of that woman's testimony. The man born blind in John chapter 9. Pastor Tom made reference to him. I love that story because they come to him with all these questions of who Jesus is and you know they're all jealous and worried. Who is this guy healing people? And the blind man says, look, I don't even know any of the answers to your questions. There's no theology required in this moment. All I know is and all that matters to me is I once was blind. And now I see. Then there's Peter and John in Acts 4. We cannot stop telling about the wonderful things that we have seen and heard. We've spent so much time with Jesus. There's no way we can be quiet. We have to tell about our personal experiences with Jesus Christ. And then that powerful apostle, the apostle Paul, six different times in the book of Acts, he shares with the people he's talking to, what Jesus Christ did in his own life. He was a theologian in his own right. 
He knew better than anybody how to talk to those Jews and explain who Jesus was and what they needed to do. And yet Paul understood there's something very powerful and unique about telling them what Jesus has done in my life. And I have to share that too. And then finally, even Jesus in John chapter 3, he says, I'm speaking truth to you. I speak only of what I know by experience. I give witness only to what I have seen with my own eyes. There is nothing secondhand here. No hearsay. We are commanded to share our testimonies. The Bible tells us to. Psalms 105 verse 1 says, Let the whole world know what he has done for you. Psalms 96 verses 2 through 3 say, Every day tell how he saves us. Tell the nations of his glory. Tell all peoples the miracles he does. And so let us consider quickly the value of our testimony. First of all, it's unique. There's no other testimony like ours. It's personal. And for the most part, it's pretty easy to understand if someone shares their story with you. And here's the best news of all. You're the authority on it. Nobody can argue with you, that makes any sense anyway, on what God has done. And people love to hear personal stories. I bet if I asked you what your favorite sermon was, more times than not, you would associate it, or the only thing you remember about the sermon is a story that the speaker told, that you related to individually. You might not remember the text that they took, although that would be helpful, But there's something about hearing somebody else's perspective. This happened to me. This is how I felt. We relate to those stories. And then finally, in our postmodern world, it's the most effective way that we can witness to people. Because in the world that we live in, truth is relative. Right? Truth is, what is happening? Bill? I'm kidding. It's not you. I just tease. Leave it to you to start a ruckus in the back of the church. I've been around you a long time. But we, we live in a world where truth is relative. It's even ambiguous. It's changeable. It's adaptable. It's whatever you need it to be. My truth. God, I hate that. My truth. That's so stupid. It's not even logical. I mean, the world thinks truth is elusive. It's something I have to chase after. I can't really grasp it. I can't get a hold of it. So I'm going to listen to this, and I'm going to listen to what you have to say, and then I'm going to, you know, compound it all together and develop my truth. Ignorant. Stupid. And so don't even go there. With people that are of that mindset, you cannot fix that. Only Jesus can I've had these conversations. I'm just trying to help you out. But what those people cannot argue with you about is the fact that you used to be an addict and you're not anymore. That you used to be suicidal and you're not anymore. That you were on the brink of a divorce and now you got a great marriage and everybody's doing all right. That our lives aren't perfect, but you know what? I'm a lot better off than I used to be because Jesus is in my life. That's an argument that I can make all day, not what truth is. The truth is Jesus saves. 
And I'm proof of that. Amen. And so God's word challenges us to be students of scripture. To know and to cherish what the word of God says. 1 Peter 3.15 Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. And so quickly I want to look at some do's and don'ts about sharing your testimony. Are you ready? The first one. Be yourself. Paul let us know that's what he did. Remember, he said, I didn't come with fancy words to impress you, right? I came not to show you human wisdom. He was just Paul. He was just a guy that had encountered Christ and his life had been changed. The second thing is be vulnerable and authentic, 1 Thessalonians 2 says, because we loved you, we were happy to share not only God's good news with you, but even our own lives. We were happy to share it with you. Keep it simple. 2 Corinthians 11 verse 3 says, I fear Satan will corrupt you from the simplicity that is in Christ. You know, we can make things harder than they actually are when we're talking to people about Christ. Memorize a few key verses, and this is one of the reasons why we have our verse of the week every week. To be diligent, Paul told Timothy, to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing, rightly explaining the word of truth. Second, celebrate. Rejoice with the person over every step that they take towards God. There's somebody that I have been talking to about the Lord for years. And after several years, we finally decided that baptism is a good thing. They haven't been baptized yet. But every time they bring it up, I affirm, yes, that is right. That's what the Bible says you should do. And I will do anything to help you make that happen. It hasn't happened yet. But it's my job to encourage that person to say yes. That is God talking to you. That is what you see in the word of God. Baptism is your next step. And then finally, encourage growth. Let them know that's wonderful that you see that. That's wonderful that you've had that experience. God has more for you. And next, these are the fun ones. The don'ts. Don't try to sound spiritual. Let me take the pressure off of you. The point is not to make yourself seem like a credible individual. Because I promise you, when you try, you will discredit yourself. Because your intentions get all messed up. The point is to share truth and to help that person. Not to make yourself look good. Can you tell this is a soapbox of mine? Oh, Jesus. Be sensitive in the language that you use with people who are unchurched. For people who are not Pentecostal, you don't have to say remission of sins. Do we use that word? Honestly, outside of like a medical diagnosis, we don't use remission. You can say forgiveness. Use words that you understand. I don't mean to talk down to anybody. I'm just trying to help you. Like, Use words they understand. If, if our intent is to help people, then they've got to understand what we're talking about. Don't argue with a person. It's not your job to convince them of what you believe. 
It's your job to have an answer and to be ready to give an answer. That's what the Bible says. Don't insult the person that you're trying to share light with. Don't make jokes about certain religious groups. Don't make light of an experience that they've had with God. Maybe you question the validity of it, but find a way to affirm that's good. God sees you. God loves you. You keep pursuing God. He has more for you. Because the Bible lets us know that everything we say should build up people. Not even just the people that we're talking to. It does me no good for me to be talking to somebody who is of a Catholic background and bash the Catholic Church. That discredits me in their eyes. As well as my intention, as good as my intentions might be, I can't make an insult to make a point about the truth of God's word. That's a contradiction in and of itself. And then finally, don't be pushy. Look at Jesus. Did he bully people into following him? He made invitation. He made relationships with people. He was gracious. He waited on people. His approach was very relational. And so as we lead into our app time tonight, I want to give you four parts of your testimony, and these vary based on your experience, but four parts of your personal testimony that I would like for you to consider and create a little uh, monologue, if you will, okay, based on these four aspects of your experience since you have known Christ. Because Proverbs says, we can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. And so it's not a bad thing to have a plan. That's part of preparation. And we've read several scriptures tonight where the Bible says, be prepared. Have an answer. Paul told Timothy, be instant, in season, and out of season, meaning be ready all the time. Or an assignment that God would give you that you would have the words to say. And so the first thing I want you to consider is what my life was like before I received the Holy Spirit. And that's one of the things that I want you to share briefly in our app time. What was my life like? Tell somebody. They see you as you are now. They don't know what you were like before Christ. The second thing is how I realized I needed something. How did you come to Christ? What, what motivated you to change? What happened in your life? For some people, it is an event. Something tragic happens. Maybe they have a loss of some kind, and that's part of how God deals with them, and they start opening themselves up to say, maybe there is more to life than what I'm experiencing right now. The third thing is how I believed and received my new birth experience. So tell them how you came into the church. Was it somebody that was a friend of your family? Did you go to a service and have an encounter with God that you could not deny and it altered your path? Tell them about it. And then number four, the difference that it has made in your life. That's great that we shared all these details with people, but why do you feel compelled to share them? You need to make that clear. And maybe you don't even know in the moment, but to say, I've just got to tell you, 
I'm not who I used to be. This is how I came to Christ. This is what happened to me. This is the thing that I had to do in order to give my life to the Lord. And this is the difference that it's made for me. These are the things I don't do anymore. These are the things I don't struggle with anymore because Jesus has changed my life. All right. So using these four steps that we will keep on the screen for your reference, I want you to find somebody and I want you to take the next five minutes and I would like you to just have maybe one or two statements answering each point and practice sharing with that person what Jesus has done in their life in a way that you feel like compels them to consider making Jesus Christ a part of their life, okay? Now, for many of you, you've probably done this before, so this should be easy and it'll be great. And you can help the other person who might struggle a little bit, all right? Here we go. App time, commence. you to stand with me. I don't know if anybody learned anything about anybody. I learned something about Big Greg, and I've been going to this church my whole life. It was awesome. But I hope this experience was was helpful, maybe gave you a little insight into the fact that, you know, if we don't have something prepared to share with people, if we don't give it any thought, then the chances of us bailing at the opportunity and saying, oh, I don't know what to say, we're not going to say anything. But if we are already reflecting on the goodness of God in our lives, and we have a way that we just know God opens a door through conversation with people because there's something that's happened to you. You know, there's something that's relatable for a lot of people. I was telling Brother Greg, you know, for me, my approach is a little bit different right now. I'm, I feel like God keeps putting me with people who, you know, have a loved one who's terminally ill or they've lost somebody. Well, I, I have experience with that. And so sometimes your testimony can kind of change as the season in your life changes because God has now equipped you in a different way to help another kind of person to help a certain group of people that not everybody can relate to, not everybody can connect to. I always like to conclude by um, reading a scripture together, and I want us to look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, as we conclude. And uh, I'll look at it in the King James Version first, and then I've got the message version for you, okay? You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, 
that you can proclaim the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. The message says it this way. You are the ones chosen by God. God's instruments to do his work and speak out for him to tell others of the night and day difference that he made in you. I'm not a part of a royal priesthood so that I look good to other people. That's not why Jesus saved me. That is not why he changed me and cleaned me up and helped me get my life together. It's not to impress anybody, but it is to bring credit to him. That when I say, this is who I was, people look at my life and say, really? No way. That's not a credit to me. Because I can turn around and say, the only way I survived those months in the hospital, the only way I have made it through these last two years is by the grace of God. There was nothing I could have done on my own were it not for Jesus and the difference he's made in my life. I feel the Spirit of God just talking like that because we can talk like that all day to say, you know what, Let, we'll get to this later. Let me tell you right now that what Jesus has done for me, he can do for anybody who will let him. All right, and so I want us to close in prayer. I'm right at the 10 minutes that I'm supposed to return to you, but I do want to pray. I think it's important, okay? So give me a minute back. But I want us to just pray that the Lord would continue to talk to us and deal with us and get our hearts more open to say, God, I just want to worship you through my witness. I just want to help somebody have the possibility of hope in their lives because of you. And next week, we're going to start talking about how to share the good news, how to tell somebody who Jesus is and what you believe about God. Let's pray together. Jesus, I love you and I thank you for what you've done in our lives. Lord, there is a cloud of witnesses in this room to what you can do. Lord, no matter what our stage of life was, when we came to you, you changed the trajectory of our lives and you gave us purpose. You have healed us, Lord. You have renewed us and changed us in our minds. And so God... I pray that we would have an awareness, a greater awareness, Lord, of the ways that you want to use us to speak your praise to other people, to point them to you, God, through our testimony. Lord, to share it in a way that's clear, to share it in a way that's inviting and simple enough for people to open their heart up to the idea that you would do the same for them. And so, God, I ask for your continual help as we study and prepare to go fishing in 2020 and beyond till you tarry. In Jesus' name I pray, your protection and blessing on all of us. Amen. This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, 
or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.